0: Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 17 through verse 21. Jesus changes everything, part two. I'm gonna read the odd verses, then I need you to read really loud. Gonna see if this side's reading louder or this side's reading louder. And the group that reads the loudest is gonna get a gold star in heaven, okay? The other group, no gold star for you, okay? So I'll point at you when it's your turn to read. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. And dear friends, never take revenge. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. You may be seated. Father, thank you that we're here. Thank you that we're gathered today in the Ministry Center here in Calamaşa. Thank you for all those watching online. Father, I pray that you'd stir our our hearts and open our eyes and give us understanding that we might understand your words and know your words and know you and live out your word. I pray that you would do what only you can do and you would encourage and edify and open up the eyes of our understanding and and stir us to want to live for you. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher. I pray, O God, that the people of God would hear the voice of God through the word of God, and that you would do this and do more in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed by saying? Amen. And so Romans 7, chapter 12, verse 17 through 21, Jesus changes everything. So what we're going to talk about in these verses is how do you respond and how do you react when you've been done wrong? Like what do you do with that uh, when uh, someone has hurt you to the core of your being? If you're anything like me, there's sort of a natural tendency to just spontaneously want to react to that. So this is a very challenging portion of Scripture here because how do you react when you're mistreated? How do you react when someone wrongs you? Do you want to get even like we do? Naturally, we want to get even. Well, What happens here in Romans chapter 12 is there's like 22 little rapid-fire ways that you're to live out the Christian life. So it begins in verse 17 and says this, never pay back evil with more evil. In other words, when something traumatic has been done to you, when someone has wronged you, and it hurts you to the core of your being, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's physical, maybe it was sexually abusive, relationally abusive, maybe an abusive marriage, maybe there was verbal abuse, emotional abuse, maybe there was physical Maybe a spouse was unfaithful. Maybe someone felt betrayed. Perhaps there's a business deal and organization there where there was fraud or stealing or something like that. Someone betrayed you. Maybe, Maybe it was like rape. Maybe it was assault. Maybe it was violent. Somebody has done something to you where you want to repay back evil with more evil. Now, I'd like to stop and think about this for just a second. So watch. Evil happens in the world. And it's an inescapable reality that we cannot do anything about it, that people, all of us here, we're going to experience evil. So what do you do? Well, what this is saying is, look, when you pay back evil for evil, you know what you do? You're doubling the evil in the earth. You're contributing to more evil. Rather than minimize The ongoing prevalence of evil there. So never pay back evil with more evil when you've been sinned against, when people say things or do things to you. And I just got to say, it's going to happen in church. Like this is written to the church at Rome to church folk. And so you be in church and you come to church and you think, yeah, I want to get involved, and you're new to church. And then some joker is going to say something or do something and you're like I never want to go back to that church again. And then it's going to happen to the next church and next church cuz all the churches are filled with broken, sinful people. And so church people can be have attitudes and be nasty with like a capital N, you know what I'm talking about? They can be nasty, they can they can have attitudes. And so uh and so there you are and you're looking for Jesus and you're looking for a community, and you're looking for the love of God, and you're looking to be cared for. And then they give you that that look, like you know that that mean look, and and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? It's not what I I didn't come to church for this. And so then you're disappointed, and you just want to like move on. People check out, and that's the great danger. They can check out some forever, and so even outside of church, on the job, in the home whatever, outside church, you're going to hit bumps relationally and in your relational world there where people do things or say things that you think, why would they do that? Like, I didn't know Christians would would act like that. And the reality is you're going to face drama and you're going to face trauma and pain and hurt. And you got to learn how to deal with it. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So how God would have you deal with this, like what's like the solution, and so the solution is that you'd have forethought. You'd listen to what we're going to talk about today, that you would uh, predispose yourself and predetermine, pre-decide how you're going to deal with this the next time it has happened. So I'm just like you. I've been hurt. I've been hurt in church just like you've probably been hurt in church. But I've decided, and it's, it's abundantly clear in my mind how I will react and what is an option and what's not as an option And I can tell you right now, I have decided that it's not an option for me to strike back. When I get the email, when I get the text, when I get the whatever, people strike out at you. It's not an option for me to strike back. As long as I have breath, I'm not going to strike back by the grace of God. And so if you don't do this, though, think about it. What is at stake here? When you experience evil or harm or hurt comes your way, what are you left with? If you don't do that, all you're left with is your bare and raw emotions to figure it out. And then you're going to want to strike back uh, in your marriage, in your relational circles there, church, whatever. And then you are returning evil for evil. Well, Jesus then changes how we respond to evil. Look at verse 18. Do all you can to live at peace with everyone. The Amplified version says... If possible, as far as depends on you, live peaceably with all people, with everyone. And so in other words, some people, how many people know, you can't get along with them. Like it's impossible to get along with them. Come on, somebody. Impossible to get along with them. You agree with me? Like nothing you can do. You, you try everything. You're nice. And they're just a difficult, nasty person, whatever. They don't want to get shut down. They don't want to uh, open up and get along with you. So, but it says, as far as you're concerned. In other words, the spotlight placed upon you. Not upon them, but upon you. As far as you can deal with it, you do all you can. Where you say this, here's what you do. With an open heart, you say, Lord, is there anything in my life that's causing this problem? Is there anything that I'm doing? Because oftentimes, we don't see it. And so, if possible, indicates that some people will refuse to live peaceably with you. They don't want to get along. But you, you do all that you can. Do all that you can. And so the verse recognizes that every now and then, absolutely impossible to get along with some people. But you do all you can to build a peaceful bridge to those people that have wronged you. So you bend over backwards. You do everything that you can to come to a peaceful resolution. However, you don't make peace at any price. There is a limit to what you can do uh, where you are crossing God's standards there of purity to resolve an issue. And then it says in verse 19: Dear friends, means beloved, never take revenge. Now, are there any loopholes in this, like, with that, never take revenge? Like, there's no loopholes, right? It means, like, don't ever, like, ever take revenge there. The idea is that when you've been wronged, back off and create space for God. That's the idea here. And so Paul's saying, like, leave that revenge, like, leave that to God. Where you give it to God, where you trust God, where you lay it aside, where you send it away to him there, where you don't keep revisiting it. How many people know what I'm talking about? Come on, come on. You revisit it, and you revisit it. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. And then you start feeling the resentment as you're reliving that there. And, and uh, But it says like, look, clear the record. Don't do revenge on your own. And so this is God's way here. But what happens is, is when you keep bringing it up, what happened to you? Do you think it drives it deeper into your soul? Somebody? Or does it kind of go away and just sort of dissolve and time's going to make it better? Bunch of nonsense doesn't make it better. Okay? So you start driving it deeper into your soul, driving it deeper into your heart, driving it deeper into your emotions. And so how then do you handle stuff that brings you pain? And so it's a way of life that you got to learn. We're learning something this morning that God wants to teach us, his very will and his call upon our life here. Because you don't live in a bubble. You, you, you can't live in a bubble where you're not going to be hurt and wounded and injured to the core of your being there. And so eventually somebody's going to say something, do something that's going to just ruin you. And so hurt people then hurt people often, and so, but this is why it speaks about not taking revenge. So what it's saying is, don't you try to get even. That's what it's saying there. Don't try to get even there. So why would it say, why would it say this? Why would it say that the calling upon your life is to never take matters into your own hands? Do you take matters into your own hands? Somebody, somebody help me? In The first and second row, do you take matters in? okay, third and fourth row, do you ever take matters? Fifth row, how about in the back? Do you take matters into your hands? Over here, you take, yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you take matters into your own hands. Speaker this morning, I got my PhD in taking matters into my own hands, okay? And I think you do too. And so, but it says, this says, never take matters into your own hands. Like that, that's like colliding with how we do life there. So this is a call then to back off. It's a call to let God rewrite your story. It's a call then to let God settle the account with the wrongs that have been done against you. Where you're not fighting back and taking revenge, that's not an option for the Christ follower. Like I said earlier, it's not an option for me to strike back. should be an option for all of us here. And so we never, what that's saying is, we never have to get even with anyone. Well, but they, we never, regardless of what, They did. We never have to take matters to our own hands. And so Paul's saying, look, friends, look, God made you the object of his love. Perhaps you could be the dispenser of his love also that you've received there. So the Bible says that, because we have all these excuses in our brains, like, yeah, but you only know what this guy, what she did to me and all that, and they were my enemy. Well, the Bible says, look, when we were God's enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. Like, so he's saying, like, and you're going to follow this example here. So you're being like God when you love your enemy. Never means absolutely not ever are you to show revenge here. And what is revenge? Revenge is like the most natural human response. It is reflexive. It is automatic there. But we can never forget not to seek revenge. Because it says here, God's righteous anger. Think about it, is more than enough. And I want to show you something here, which is so profound, because here's a holy God who knows everything here, and he's saying, I'll take revenge, I'll pay back, says the Lord. And when he says pay back, here's what it means. It means to accurately, correctly, exactly pay back what was done. Think about that. Now, when it comes to you, do you accurately, exactly, correctly pay back what was done when you take revenge? I'm waiting for this side of the room. And how about that side? And how about on the stage? No. Okay, so, no, we don't. Like, we pay back two times, three times, ten times. I want to be back a hundred times. But we don't pay accurately, correctly, exactly what was done. So think about that. You can defend yourself, or you can have Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, defend you. How many people going with you versus want to go with the latter choice, Almighty God, let him defend you? Like, I'm going with God, right? In light of that, what it means to pay back, like, God is so profound and perfect in all his ways that he's paying back perfectly, where you're going like, yeah, like, that was it, God. And uh, where you're just going to screw the thing up. And you're going to take a bad situation, you're going to make it worse, by showing your own revenge. And so as a way of life, then, God doesn't want you to take revenge. As a lifestyle, he's talking about your relationships, your relational world there, where you're offended, where you're deeply wounded, where someone comes against you, maybe on social media. Someone lies about you. Someone betrays you. Someone attacks you. You didn't see it coming. That's the most difficult thing when you don't see it coming. You know what I'm talking about? I had had that happen to me. About a year ago, like, I totally didn't see it happening. And uh, holy moly, that was really painful. So, but what are you going to do? Are you going to give it to God, or are you going to try to revenge for yourself? And so, some people here are thinking, yeah, yeah, I know, but there's little voices saying, but yeah, but God's not going to get them the way that you want to get them. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. God's not going to get them the way that you want to get them. And you say, God, you know, I'll be nice to everybody, but that one person that wronged me, God, you just release everything you got on them. Make a nuclear Lord there, but do it all. God, I just want, I just want you to blow up their house, blow up their car, blow up their family, just blow them up, but I'll be nice to everybody else, you know. It's like, And so that's, uh, you know, it reminds me of the story of an Irishman. Uh, some guy kind of slaps him on the cheek, and uh, he heard something about a Bible scripture about. If they slap you, turn your other cheek. So, turns his other cheek there. And then, um, uh, and then the guy does it again. And he's like, I'm going to nail that dude. And so he flattens him, he just plasters him. And the guy said, Hey, I, I thought that, you know, like the Bible said something about turn the, the other cheek there. And he said, Well, Jesus did tell us to turn the other cheek there. But after that, he didn't tell us what to do. So, you, you, you got it. And people can be like that. And so, but we need to put revenge into God's hands. So what's revenge mean? Revenge means to punish. So there's something within us that rises within us. We want to punish someone when they've done us wrong. So this is saying, never punish people is what it's saying. Jesus said, I'll repay them back. And so God's promise for you today, for whatever situation that you're facing or you have faced is this, is give it over to God. In other words, don't take retaliation into your own hands. Commit it to God. I'm going to show us why this is so important. Because here's what's at stake. Some of you, you're living in this reality, and you don't even realize it. I'm going to read some of your mail right now. So when you rehearse what happened, and you keep driving it deeper and deeper into your soul and your heart, what happens is you're allowing a root of bitterness, of anger, to take hold of you. And you're just doing life you don't even realize it. And you say to your friend, I just got to get it off my chest. And you rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it. You keep driving it deeper and deeper into your soul. And then uh, instead of saying, God, I want to give it to you. And that is enough. And then it says in verse 20, instead of that, here's what you do. Instead of returning, you're, you're being revengeful toward them. Don't do that plan. Here's the plan. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And in doing this, you're burning coals of shame on their heads. In other words, when you show love to your enemy, maybe it comes to expression in giving them some water, giving them food. It can come to expression in a thousand different ways. But so many people are full of resentment and anger and rage and hatred and hostility. And what I came to realize is that sometimes you don't even know that. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't even know. So about two years ago or so, um, I, I was having a really difficult time sorting out a relationship. And I just had that angst factor going on. And I just couldn't sort of work through it. I thought, I'm going to go see that guy uh, down at Genesis Counseling, Dr. Walter Lynn. Like the big dog down at, X, down at Genesis. So I walked in and say, hey, so what happened? You know, and and uh, uh, you know he knew me. And so, uh, so I started packing. What happened? He says, "You're angry." Like, say what? I didn't think it was angry. I said, "I said what?" He said, "You're angry." I said, "You mean you think I'm angry?" He goes, "Yeah, you're, you're angry." I'm like, I like, I, didn't know I was angry. And then I realized, you know, I was sitting there. I thought, "I am angry," but I, but I didn't have a self awareness to even realize that. And that's what can happen. Where you don't even realize, and i I've been two, three years trying to figure it out, and I could not sort it out. And this is what modern menace medicine has shown. Uh, it's like someone once said that unforgiveness is like pouring out a cup of poison for your enemy and then you drinking that yourself. That's what it's like. But some modern medicine has shown that when you have these emotions, toxic emotions, Maybe it's anger, maybe it's hostility, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's some rage, you know, going on there. Whether uh, Whatever it is, it'll affect your physical and your emotional health. In other words, what they showed is this. It will cause an increase in hypertension, strokes, cardiac issues, uh, depression, and anxiety. But when we forgive, this is from the Mayo Clinic, smart people, white jackets, all that, When we forgive, these conditions can be reversed. See the power of forgiveness? We can be healed uh, uh, through correlated acts of forgiveness with positive, healthy outcomes. And I quote, Letting go of unforgiveness leads to lower blood pressure, fewer stress-related illnesses, healthier relationships, reduced risk of alcohol, and drug abuse. There it is. like What the Bible talked about, Jesus talked about, a couple thousand years ago, science now is catching up with that and saying, yeah, yeah he, he was right. And so now every relationship can be summed up here in verse 21, uh, whether in are church or outside church, it says this. Verse 21, look on the screen. Don't let evil conquer you. Conquer evil by doing good. So the word evil there, the word evil there, it speaks of victory. In other words, watch, watch. In other words, if you wanna have victory in your life, you don't wanna lose. Who wants to lose in life? Okay, here's telling you how to win in life. Is don't, to win in life, don't let evil cause you to lose. If you wanna have victory, here's what you do you overcome that by doing good. So don't be, in other words, don't be defeated by evil. So see, evil can very much defeat you and conquer you where you're living in the defeated under the weight in the cloud of spiritual darkness and defeat. So to be conquered by evil means, watch, here's what's happened, watch. This is exactly what it means. To give in to the temptation to get even. That's how you lose. When you give in to the sin of temptation to get even. See, if we let evil, the evil that is done to me, begin to simmer inside me, isn't that what it does? Does it simmer or does it not simmer? It simmers, friends. And so it's simmering there. And uh, so instead of wanting to replay the video there, replay the scenarios over and over, because it only gets worse. It only exasperates until it eats away at us and it overcomes and you lose. You lose at life when you do this. You are worse at life when you hang on to your own evil and what's been done to you. So you become overtaken by it. And you know what I'm talking about? It owns you. But think about this statement for just a moment again. So what happens when we render evil for evil? I told you earlier, we double the evil in the world. Now two evils have been committed rather than one. And so now what did Jesus do? Jesus overcame evil by doing what? By doing? Good. All of us together by doing? Yeah, so Jesus overcame evil. And watch this, I'm gonna show you. This is the way of the cross. This is the gospel, not to return evil for evil. First Peter chapter two. Let's look at that together. First Peter chapter two. For God called you. Like people wonder, like, what's my calling? There it is, friend. There's part of your calling. For God called you, calling us this morning. God called you to do good. Even or just as it means suffering. Watch this. Called to do good even when there's suffering. You mean I didn't do anything wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Not suffering for bad, like Christ, who never did anything bad, who never sinned. All you did is show up with air in your lungs and you might have to suffer. An inescapable reality. Watch, just as Christ suffered for you. Now watch, he's your example and you must follow in his steps. So here it's saying like, look, Here's what Jesus did. I'm going to unpack this, and that's what you are to do. So, we are to live as he died, is what this is saying. You are to live as he died. Jesus' death being a living example for us, unpacked in the next couple of verses. So, look at the next verse here together. It says, He never sinned. Watch. When, when, Evil was done to him in his reaction, which can lead you to sin when you take it upon yourself and do everything we talked about, take revenge, return evil for evil. Jesus, here's the example for all of us, says he never sinned and he never deceived anyone. In other words, that when they were hurling insults at Jesus when he was on the cross, there's the mockery and the abuse, and there is hanging on the cross. And they're saying, yeah, like if you're the Savior... If you're like really the Savior, you get yourself down on the cross. Yeah, what a joke he is. Like, isn't Jesus a joke? He can't get himself down off of the cross. And there's Jesus hanging on the cross. And he could have said, like in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he dealt with 400 Roman soldiers, he could have said, you know, I'll have the last word. But he didn't do that. How we love to have the last word, don't we? Got to have the last word. But he didn't have the last word. He didn't say, you know, I'll see you on the last day. I will deal with this issue when I see you on the last day. None of that. He did. He offered no threats. So what did Jesus do that you and I must do? He kept entrusting himself into the hands of the one that judges righteously. Making room for God to judge there. Making room for God to judge. Next verse. Watch. He did not retaliate. There's the example for all of us. Jesus on the cross did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threatened revenge when he he suffered. Watch. He left his case in the hands of God. There it is. You leave it to God. He left his hands, his case in the hands of God. He entrusted it to God. Watch. Who always judges fairly, unlike you and unlike me. I'm not a fair judge. I don't know how to judge when something has been done to me and so jesus made room uh when uh when he was uh, on the cross and did not retaliate didn't get even made room for god to deal with it see it's to die to the sin of i'm going to take matters into my own hands and keep entrusting rather my life to him who judges who judges righteously or fairly i want to begin to close with this so they're nailing Jesus to the cross and he suffers this excruciating, uh, painful death. And he musters enough breath to just utter a few sayings, about seven sayings from the cross. And uh, what is the very first statement that he utters? But Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And there it is for you and me, friends. Follow the example to, for, to forgive people. Now, I get it, our examples of suffering are not going to come from hanging on a cross. But they are going to come from your relationships with your family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors, and social media friends, business world, being wronged in church. That's where it's going to come from. And it says to forgive. And so, I just want to ask you a couple questions. Have you been forgiven? Are you Forgiving, are you? So friends, you have to entrust yourself to God, who it says will settle accounts on the last day. And so we will all gather, we will all assemble together in community, the great judgment throne of God. And the books the Bible says will be opened. And all things will be naked and open. And the great judge of heaven and earth will decide among us, to settle the accounts and determine who was in the right and who was in the wrong. And he will vindicate the one who is in the right to the shame of those who are in the wrong. And there is a coming day, a final day, when we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and on that last day that is coming, because somebody is right, somebody is wrong, but the Lord will settle every account on the last day. And what this is saying, can you entrust your issues, all the things that have been done to you, can you entrust that to him, that friends, so we don't have to take revenge? Can we leave room for the judgment of God so that you're not overcome by evil, but you can overcome evil with good? And you don't need to let evil be victorious over you. And friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news. This is how your life can be transformed and you can experience all the benefits of forgiveness because forgiveness was costly. Cost Jesus his life. It will cost you to forgive someone, but it costs you more not to forgive them. And so Jesus poured out his blood at Calvary in order to forgive us and that we would follow that example.